Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning following a night of losses on Wall Street. Joining me now as we break down all the market action, even though I understand you've got a trip on your mind, do you, mm-hmm. Ryan Huang? I always have a trip on my mind. It's always something good to have on the horizon to look forward to, Michelle. I agree, I agree. We have to talk more about that in due time. Now, yesterday we kicked off the show taking a look at what factors are likely to shape the market narrative in the US and here in Singapore this year. Now, if you missed it, you can download the podcast on Spotify or Audio. We're at Your Money. Now, today I want to branch out and take a look at some other assets and markets in the region. I'm going to start with something that glitters. Who doesn't love gold? Well, investors did not show gold a lot of love last year. The precious metal finished 2022 just a notch above where it ended 2021 at 1,835 US dollars an ounce. However, gold surged to a six month high overnight. And some analysts are predicting that the precious metal will hit a new all time high in the year ahead. So what's the bullish case for gold, Ryan? Yeah, after a tough year, Michelle, it looks like it might be the year for gold to rally. So this is where we are going to see a couple of factors come into play. So almost a perfect storm of pretty good reasons for it to go even higher. So we have all the talk about a recession or the risks of a recession around the corner for the global economy. And that kind of feeds into the action for traders and investors get into gold as a bit of a safe haven or defensive hedge. You also have the prospects of um, what's playing out in terms of stock market valuation risks where markets right now in the equities space are just looking a bit lofty in some spaces and that is likely to see investors turn away from those places to look elsewhere. So that is where we are seeing some market analysts saying no gold could potentially see an upside of 20 to 30% this year. Now, the most bullish, some say the most outrageous prediction for gold comes from Saxo Bank. It says that gold could skyrocket to 3,000 US dollars per ounce. That would be a 65 plus percent surge. Most analysts say that is unlikely, but could we see gold trading at 2,200, even 2,400? It's all a maybe for now. What do you think, Ryan? Is gold likely to outperform in the year ahead? And if so, by how much? Yeah, a lot of maybes. And I think we have a couple of potential catalysts for gold to look out for. One of them will be what the central banks do. So if or when they do reverse direction, that could be another catalyst for gold prices to pick up. So this is, I think, something to look out for. And of course, um, the attraction of gold um, in the investor portfolio as a way to diversify, I think that is likely to pick up steam because in the past year, we've seen so many surprises and in light of all the uncertainties carrying over into this year, I think investors are going to look at gold as a, an attractive opportunity to diversify their portfolio. 
Yeah, we'll keep an eye on the price of gold, likely affected by the level of the U.S. dollar and the future policy of global central banks and, of course, the global economy in the new year. Next up, I want to turn to Hong Kong and China markets. They were among the world's worst performing last year. The Shenzhen Composite Index fell 22% in 2022. The Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index both dropped 15%. All in all, the nearly $4 trillion U.S. dollars worth of market cap went down the drain in Chinese markets last year. However, Shanghai, Shenzhen and Hong Kong have all started 2023 off on the right foot with gains of about 1% to 2% yesterday. So tell us, Ryan, why do investors think that 2023 stands to be a better year for Chinese equities than 2022? Yeah, it's quite obvious when you look at what's playing out in the headlines, all the optimism around the China reopening story. So that is a huge factor for things to bounce back, especially for the services sector when we get the hospitality sector going on again. That is going to see activity pick up and that is going to see things lifted for a stock market eventually. The other factor is the valuations of Chinese markets right now. In the past year, all the bad news has battered stock markets in China and we've seen how that has played out in valuations. So right now, if you look at how it is, it is trading at about 10.6 times its 12-month forward earnings estimates. So that's less expensive than emerging market counterparts as well as its own five-year average. So for investors looking for value, you are likely to see them flock to Chinese markets on the back of all the news we've been seeing. You know, Chinese markets mm. or whether China reopening its borders come Sunday, that is going to be an opportunity for investors to ride the upside. And yet, if we take a look at China's economy, it is expected to contract during the first quarter of the year by as much as half a percentage point. And COVID-19 is still casting a huge shadow on the mainland. Cases in China are hardly under control yet. There are signs, though, that the worst may be behind us, but this hardly sounds like a bullish case for stocks. So tell me, what do you think when it comes to Chinese and Hong Kong equities? Are you a bull or a bear this year? (laughs) It depends on your time horizon, right? So it doesn't always go in a straight line. And here is where investors need to be patient when it comes to China, because as we've seen, Chinese shares actually rebounded in November. And then started to fizzle out again with all the bad news starting to come into the um, radar for investors about how COVID-19 cases started to pick up, disruptions again. And of course, we have some support from policymakers around the important property sector. That will take some time to trickle down to the ground level and to support the weak housing market right now. But eventually, it will happen. Uh, That is going to be a waiting game for investors. So they need to be patient for all these um, policies to play out. Over the weekend, China's top economic planner Zhao Zhenxin said that Beijing plans to increase spending to boost China's economy. So infrastructure projects are expected to benefit, as are property and internet companies. Now, I want to turn to the U.S. now. The U.S. markets kicked off 2023 on a sour note. Stocks gave up early gains to end lower. The Nasdaq dropped 0.8%. The Russell 2000 index of small cap stocks fell 0.6%. The Dow and the S&P 500 closed in the red as well. So why do you think the bears carried the day on the first day of trade in the U.S., Ryan? 
I would go with how it looks like there isn't much new news to trade on. So investors just fell back on the stories of yesteryear, which pretty much were the familiar themes of how the outlook for the economy is looking gloomy, how there is still uncertainty around policymakers when it comes to interest rates. So that continues to trouble investors and they just continue status quo. So no strong catalyst yet to really push things higher. And I think that is possibly only only going to come when we get the next earnings season, when there's going to be more direction, positive direction possibly for investors to digest. For now, it's pretty much the same, more of the same, where we have that back and forth around the China reopening story. So I think that is what investors are digesting. And on top of that, you have the IMF. Yesterday, come out to warn that the global economy, a third of it, will suffer a recession this year. So it's just a bunch of bad news that investors are trying to get through. And hopefully, in time to come, we will get more good news to cheer. Yeah, and historically speaking, we shouldn't read too much into the first day of trading action. Even when the market declines over the first sessions of January, it's still more likely than not to rise over the remainder of the year, though the odds of positive returns are not quite as high. Market Watch surveys indicating that even when stocks fall during the first day of trade, there is still a 53% chance that they will chalk up gains by year's end. That's if we take a leaf out of those history books. Now, if we take a look at specific stocks, MarketWatch has surveyed analyst projections, aggregated them, and put together a list of Wall Street's best stocks for 2023. Among the large-cap stocks, Ryan, which companies are most favoured to have a great year? Yeah, this is a shopping list of sorts for investors maybe looking for bargains. So if you look at the list being compiled, right at the top of the list is EQT Corporation, which operates in the oil and gas space. So based on the projections, it is looking at an upside potential of 62%, price target 59.70. The next on the list, Catalan, which is in the pharma space. So that has an upside of 59%, target price 72.42. And one familiar name is in the third spot, which is Amazon, the e-commerce player. So it's got a potential upside of 50% in the next 12 months to $136.02. So bear in mind, it has dropped quite a bit in the past year from $160 the same time last year. So it has been through quite a bit of a better journey in the past year with all the pressures from rising interest rates and whatnot. But it looks like analysts are looking quite bullish on the next 12 months. If you've just joined us, we're talking about Wall Street's potentially best stock picks for 2023, the large cap stocks, EQT Corp, Catalan and Amazon. So we have one company in oil and gas, another in pharma and a third, of course, in tech. Three very different companies, Ryan. So what do you make of these projections? It's a very tough one to call because they have potential reasons to go up. S wants to go down. So the way I would approach 2023 is to try to diversify your portfolio. So having exposure to different industries in case things don't turn out the way you expect. As we saw in 2022, the Ukraine war was a big wildcard and we had many disruptions in the energy space. So the other caveat is um, the riskier investments will also mean 
more returns. So that is something you have to balance, how much of risk appetite you have. And this, I think, is where mid caps and small caps will come into play. And this is where you have to do your homework. How mm. bullish you are and how familiar you are with their business models. So that will all come into play in how you pick your stocks. Up or down time, one of the major patterns in the stock market. All right, Ryan, we've got two entries for our game today. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's start with Apple, Ryan, up or down? Oh, Apple is going to be a down for me. And this is off the news that it has lost quite a bit in its market cap. So it's now under $2 trillion. And this is... Um, seeing it shrink by $1 trillion in the past year. So this is just a reflection of how badly hit the tech sector was. Overnight, it was down 3.7%. And latest worries include how iPhone supplies may have impacted its latest holiday quarter, which means the next earnings it announces is not going to be as super. Yeah, Apple's market cap dropping below two trillion US dollars overnight for the first time since May. Now that means there are no more stocks in the they're not in the two trillion dollar club. So it's a down for Apple, and I have another reason to give Apple a thumbs down as well. It's raising the price of replacement iPhone batteries starting in March. So the price of an iPhone 13 battery is going to jump to 89 US dollars. That's 20 US dollars higher than now. Thumbs down, Apple. Let's look at Tesla. All right, Tesla is going to be a down for me. So it's also seen more pain for its stock price. And overnight, we saw Tesla's stock price down by more than 14%. And this is off the news that it delivered fewer vehicles than expected last quarter, despite offering rather hefty incentives in some of its biggest markets. So that is the third straight quarter that deliveries have missed estimates and many analysts are starting to cut their price targets on Tesla. Indeed. So another down. Tesla shares have fallen to their lowest price in more than two years on the back of those disappointing delivery numbers. All right, let's get away from the downs and let's look ahead. This is Market View. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning and thank you for joining us. The Business Times has put together a list of 10 local stocks to watch in the year ahead. Yesterday, we took a look at Semcorp Marine, which is in the midst of a mammoth merger with Keppel O&M. Semcorp Marine has attracted a lot of institutional money over the past year. And even though its share price dropped in December, it's still chalked up a gain of nearly 70% in 2022. Today, we take a look at another stock on BT's 2023 watch list, and that is United Overseas Bank. So why is UOB a stock to watch, Ryan? Okay, so it's on the list because of a couple of reasons. One of them, of course, is how higher interest rates would be good news for banks, boosting the net interest incomes and net profits for banks. And this is uh, going to see likely UOB pick up. And we've already seen quite a bit being priced in in the past year. It's been gaining 15.2% in the past year. Uh, and this is... Um, possibly going to continue as we see more upside ahead with its acquisitions uh, with Citigroup's consumer banking assets in Southeast Asia, namely Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand and Vietnam. So that is going to see it potentially expand its revenue base. Now, one factor that could give UOB's 
top and bottom lines a boost is that point. It's a quiet city group, Southeast Asia consumer banking businesses. UOB has completed the deals in Malaysia and Thailand, and it expects to finalize the acquisitions in Indonesia and Vietnam this year. Meanwhile, I find it interesting that UOB is the only one of Singapore's three local banks that has made BT's 2023 stocks to watch list. DBS and OCBC have been left out. Why do you think, Ryan? Yeah, it is very interesting, right? Typically, you see banks benefit equally or to some extent, Mm -hmm. pretty much the same. But I think if you look at what some of the analysts are saying, UOB appears to have more attractive valuations. So that could be one reason why it is featuring on the list ahead of the other two. And of course, the Citibank portfolio, which it just acquired, is going to be a big factor for it. And UOB is being seen by some analysts as paying out higher absolute dividends. So that's going to be a key relating catalyst coming through from the City portfolio in Southeast Asia. So that's something... To look forward to dividends plus upside for its stock price for UOB. Mm. And from people that you're talking to, Ryan, what is uh, their take? What is your take on UOB for the year ahead? Yeah, it does look quite peachy for banks in general. So if I had to choose, it would be a very tough call. I would just buy all three. (laughs) UOB kicked off 2023 right where it finished 2022. So the bank's shares closed flat yesterday at $30.70. And if we take a look at 2022 as a whole, UOB outperformed with its shares jumping nearly 14%. So when it comes to UOB's performance, most investors would certainly be happy if 2023 is a repeat of 2022. Fantastic. I'll talk to you same time tomorrow. Ryan Huang there. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.